It's Cecilia and Megan. Let us distract you while driving, cleaning, working out, or not working out. Actually, what in the dang heck? Just grab a drink and chill. It'll be like eavesdropping and a girl's night, all wrapped up into one. Monday. Can I just like set the scene right now? Please do. So Megan is holding peppermint oil, sniffing it, whiffing. like like whiffing, not wafting. And wafting. Yeah, like in science class, like seventh grade biology, they're like waft, not whiffed. And like they want, you know, they want you to like move your hand to get like a waft of it. I've never heard of the word wafting in my life. I always thought it was whiff. Whiff. Waft, no, waft, not whiff. That's what they would say. Like okay. whiff is like taking like a, you know, oh. but like wafting is like wafting the smell near you. Okay, know? with your hand. Okay. Right. Anyways, anyways, I'm holding peppermint oil and whiffing it. Wafting and she it. has like <laughs> we both have like blankets around us, and it's we'll sick. just see. We'll see where the night takes us. <laughs> this is a unique situation. Yeah, Megan's feeling like first trimester nausea. (laughs) Yeah, I feel horrible right now. And I don't know why. Like it came on as soon as I sat down, it came on. So that's my heck no, is feeling nauseous at 32 weeks pregnant for the first time all pregnancy. I felt a little nauseous in the beginning. I always do in the first trimester, but I've never felt nauseous 32 weeks pregnant before. So here we are. First time for everything. Cheers. Cheers. (laughs) Cheers <laughs> to that. <laughs> okay, my heck no. Let me just preface by grew up in Illinois, then moved to LA, then moved to DC. Now I live in Kentucky, technically the South. The yeah. flies here is mm-hmm. like unlike anything I have ever experienced. I was, I mean, I'll tell you about this incident, but before this incident, they were just really annoying. Like I could open up the door just to grab mail and I have two flies in my house forever. Yep. Like, yeah, it's, I don't know what it is about the South, but it's like terrible. I would rather have mosquitoes than these flies. Yeah. Well, you get both, but yeah, yeah, you get both. But I like got Chick-fil-A last week and I was sitting on my back patio and like listening to a podcast, like trying to eat and all of a sudden hmm. I look in my milkshake and there's a dead fly in it. No. And I'm like, oh that God. will happen to me in the morning. If I walk away from my breakfast and my orange juice and I come back, there's a dead fly floating in my orange juice. And I'm like, do I live in a pigsty? Like, what is this? Yeah. And then I like closed the box of like chicken nuggets and I just put yeah. it in the fridge. The next day for lunch, I like opened up the box. There's a dead fly in there. Oh no. Like, oh my God gosh you can't even yep, eat outside you can't even you can't. eat inside yeah <laughs> inside and the, another heck no to like go with that is the those liquid fly traps that like there's just you pour water into this gla- like plastic container and you lift up the lid a little bit and it entices the flies into it and then they like drown and die in there i've never so seen it it works for, i mean we literally trap them by the hundreds in that thing but it smells horrid 
your whole back patio will smell like it. So it's like lose, lose either way, lose, lose. I don't know if I can do that. Yeah. I mean, it's that there's the, well, maybe you need to waft, not whiffed Megan. I mean, I don't go over there and like, you know, like, (laughs) no thanks. Just, I just do that with my peppermint oil. Okay. It's awful though. I hate. Actually, and, and after Megan's what? huffing, she's huffing the peppermint oil. I am um snorting it at this point. <laughs> um, yeah. Don't be shocked if I just like go MIA mid podcast to throw up because it feels like we are on the brink of that. But um, so flies. So yeah, the bad flies. smell. So the bad smell. It's. The flies are worse here. I don't know if this is the case for you in Kentucky, but like after it rains and it's like extra damp and humid out, they're everywhere. Like our back patio becomes infested with flies. And I'm like, we don't leave food out. We don't leave like, like there's nothing. Yeah. That I don't know. It's more mosquitoes. This. It's here. It's mosquitoes when it's damp, yeah, okay. which every day, every morning or every night it rains. Yeah. So it's yeah. like every day. You know, yeah. Yeah, that was the beautiful thing about San Diego. The only bugs were spiders. That's what it felt like, at least. Well, I have spiders too. Well, yeah. Yeah. But like you could leave your windows open in California and it was just like, whatever. Yeah, I can't. Cool ocean breeze. (laughs) I cannot dare I open a window. I mean, you decide how quickly you can get out the door before Mm -hmm. letting a fly in. Mm hmm. Forget the luxury of just leaving windows open for fresh air. Heck, <laughs> Heck no. I also don't have screens. So yeah, that's we don't a whole other thing. So yeah. But in, in California, you didn't need screens either. Yeah. Illinois, you didn't really need screens, to be honest. <sighs> the good times. The good times. You miss what oh. you don't have. Anyways. Grass <laughs> is always greener. <laughs> it is. Okay. What's your heck yes? Okay. So this is kind of long. It was like a realization. I feel like this is probably too long for a heck yes, but while we're on the topic. So my heck yes was spiritual direction earlier today. Um, And it was great because father kind of like walked me through where my mentality has been. So, okay. I have like taken a step back from like posting on social media, like just Mm -hmm. haven't been very active. Yeah. I've noticed. Yeah. (laughs) I've noticed. (laughs) Yeah. They stock your page daily. (laughs) (laughs) And, you know, I have all of these absolutely stunning photos that Sarah took in France. You took in France, like so many beautiful, like beautiful content. And I found myself trying to just think of something to say in order to post a cute photo. Mm -hmm. And I had to really check myself because that intention then moves to vanity. Right. Mm -hmm. And that's not what my platform is it or what I always, it's never been like that, at least since 2018, I would say. Right. And, you know, usually what it is, is the process is like, I have something to share. Now I need a photo to go with it. Instead of I have a cute picture to share. Now let me think of something to come up with and say, Oh, that's so true. That's disordered. It Mm -hmm. is. And so it's like a telltale sign that 
you're on Instagram for the wrong reasons. Yes. Mm-hmm. And so I really had to check myself because I was like, I'm loving these photos and I'm so excited to share this content, but like why I can't be like more excited to share a beautiful photo than sharing a beautiful message. Like yeah. that's disordered. Yeah, and totally. so I, I was like, this is attention seeking. It's just not good, but it's so easy to do on social media. Like it's, it's like right there, you know, the cliff is right there. It's yeah. so easy to fall. And so because of me taking a step back from posting, I, w- I was t- kind of telling you this, Megan, but I would find myself like, okay, so because that attention, right, that attention seeking, I like pulled away from that. It was almost like the devil was trying to add that attention seeking desire in a different capacity in my life. Mm-hmm. So it was like these intrusive thoughts. Like I would walk out of a grocery store and my thought would be, Hmm, I wonder if anyone noticed me. Mm-hmm. And it's like, Oh my gosh. Like I, why do I, why do I feel the need for this like attention? And it was just like intrusive thoughts of vanity and like lack of humility. And I think it was just like the realization obviously it's like super annoying to me, but it also made me kind of happy to have that realization because I had been like asking God for self-awareness because I feel like, you know, just throughout the past year or two years, just like really honing in with spiritual direction, like constant confessions, things like that my sins like aren't, and this isn't bragging. This is just me like trying to explain. It's like, my sins aren't like usually the ones that are on the active, like the examination of conscience, you know, like they're not when you're like receiving the sacraments regularly, like what's supposed to happen is that it's not these like tangible things that you're doing. It's a sin of thought and it's sins of intention. And so that takes a lot of self-awareness. And so I'm bringing this up because I had this like, oh, okay, this is good that I'm realizing my sins of my intention and sins of thought, right? And I'm aware of these because that's what I'm asking for. You have to have like hyper awareness to be able to even think of it and then actually like confess it, you know? because I want to like adjust the way that my thought process is. Um, And so anyways, from that, it was just like, why do I need this need for attention? It's a little bit probably because I can't get it from Patrick. Um, 100%. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And then it's also like, okay, I took a step back from social media. So now I'm not on, which I didn't want, but like, I'm not getting fed attention, you know? And like, that was the whole purpose of me taking a step back from social media, but it's almost like my, I like needed it or something. Right. And so that being said, I'm like, just in prayer, Jesus is just like, but like, I notice you like, why isn't that? Yeah. Like, if you like, I will give you all the attention in the world. If you just let me. Yeah. Like, why am I not enough? Like, why am I? 
me noticing you and every single thing you do, every single thought you have. Like I notice you when you take out the garbage, when you walk out of the store, when right. you wear a cute outfit. Like I notice every single thing. Why is that not enough? True. That's and true. Like, wow. You're like, yeah, good question. <laughs> so anyways, it was really great. And that's what is like, what's fabulous about a spiritual director is they can kind of take an objective bird's eye view and be able to connect the dots for you. And true. so that was really helpful. And honestly, maybe that's going to, that should be an Instagram post. If anyone thinks that's helpful. <laughs> I think it should. I think it should be an Instagram post. There you go. Look, you're back. so yeah my that's my heck yes okay so I'm kind of wishing my heck yes went before yours um because mine is just that I'm getting tan this summer mine's like I'm realizing the vanity in my life and yours is like heck yes to being tan (laughs) yeah I mean last summer I was postpartum with Jeannie and so it was just you know when you're postpartum your body's just raw and you just are sleeping and you just being outside in the sunshine and actually getting tanned stuff is just not a priority and not something that would naturally happen um and then summer before that I don't even remember I don't know it just anyways I've been mowing the lawn a lot. We've been going to the pool a lot and I actually have tan lines and I haven't had tan lines since college. And it's just one of those things where it's like, heck yeah, I can still oh, get yeah. tan. Cool. <laughs> I'm, I'm not just a mom. I'm a tan mom. <laughs> and I didn't have to like, it's not fake. <laughs> Good for you. Seriously. So that's, there that's is something, there's something that just changes about confidence when you're tan. I agree. Well, and it used to come so easily because I was just outside 24 seven playing soccer. Mm-hmm. And so the tan almost like in a sense, the tan and the level of fit and the level of athletic that I was and everything felt like it just was never to be had again, you know, once mm-hmm. I <laughs> became a mom. And so once I saw the tan, it was like a visual sign that like, oh, I've been getting outside and yeah, I've been mowing the lawn and I've been going to the pool with my kids and like, I've been doing all these things. And so it was like a visual like reward for doing all of those mm-hmm. things. And I was like, heck yeah, <laughs> cool. But I'm sure we could, that we could go down the road into vanity with that too. I'm sure Father Peyton yeah. would have no problem as my spiritual director being like, mm, yeah, this is telling me some things about you and your spiritual life. And I'd be like, crap. <laughs> so. Anyways, that's my head guess. Well, you are kind of inspiring me. Like part of me wants to go to Alta and see if they have like a non-toxic spray tan, like in a can, you know? Yeah. I've always wondered that. Patrick's never seen me tan before. He's never seen a tan, Cece. He wouldn't know what to do with himself. (laughs) Well, I used to have like spray tan memberships. Like I was like really into tanning, you know? Yeah. Um, Fake tan. I never really got into like the bed tanning. Um, I've never done either so so part of me part of me is like maybe I should just like do a little little tan but a little research we'll see well I leave soon so it need would need to be in store yeah (laughs) yeah true but besides the point that's we're off on a tangent like you know we're talking about tanning (laughs) 
Oh, okay. So we have some great voicemails. Um, and Megan, I know you wanted to bring another topic up too, but the little Catholic. Okay. What are my favorite earrings that they have? Your favorite earrings from the little Catholic are called Mary's garden earrings. Yes. Oh my gosh, Mm -hmm. guys. You need them to go to dangles. I literally wore them yesterday for date night. So yeah. Yeah. Dress them up, dress them down. They're the best. They dress up any outfit. You could literally be in like a t-shirt and throw those on. And all of a sudden it's like, Oh, where's she going? (laughs) Who is she? Uh huh. Um, but the other thing I was thinking about uh, the other day is, um, baby boys' godparents were texting us, and they were like, "Let us know, like, when you decide to plan the baptism, because we're there." And I was like, "Oh my gosh, okay." And I got all sentimental thinking about it, and then unlike I me, <laughs> unlike me, being such a bad oh my gosh. No, you were at the first one, and this is the thing too. I. Avery and I never expect the godparents to actually be at the baptism because every godparent we've asked to be a godparent has been extremely out of state, like and just like you or attached never, to the military <laughs> or, or attached to the military, and you just never know what their schedule is going to be and when the baptism can actually be and all this stuff. And the only reason it like kind of works out this this time is because we know the priest super well and so it's like right now we could go ahead and schedule it and be like all right cool that's when we're doing it and it wouldn't be so up in the air like it's always been in the past and last minute and in a random state so it anyways it's not your fault the little catholic the little catholic yes baby boy's baptism i always make sure to get for each of the girls and for each of our kids because that she has some on here on the website too that i'm like i would get that for my son um, the mother of Jesus Christ rosary is one. It's got like blues and earthy tones and like browns. And I'm like, that mm-hmm. would go well in his room. Um, I always get them an heirloom rosary from the little Catholic because they're not, they're not cheap. Like this is an investment, but it's something that's really important to me. And I like to get it before birth. So then Avery and I, you know, if it's not as quick as Jeannie's labor was, can pray on it during labor. And then we also pray on it the day of the baptism. We offer up a rosary for the baby on the baptism. And then for each one of their sacraments from there on out, we bring that rosary and Avery and I pray on it together for that kid on that sacramental day. And then come either the priesthood or marriage or just moving out or whatever, we give them that rosary. And it's mm-hmm. like every sacrament that you've had, we've prayed a rosary for you on this sacrament. Oh. During birth, we've prayed prayed for you on this rosary um and so i just i choose and love the little catholics because they're so unique and they're so beautiful and well made that it's like a it's a very special piece Mm -hmm. um and because they're an investment this 20 percent off coupon she's given us would be like a massive discount on on them so heck two zero for 20 percent off anything in store at the little catholic whether it's the mary garden mary's garden earrings or any of her rosaries, but I love their, I love everything. We know this. We love it. And Meg, not new such, news. the heirloom rosary, it's like such a great idea. I want to do that. It's genius. Do it. Steal it. Steal it. Okay. So what were you saying when you were talking about like grass is always greener? Oh yeah. When you said grass is always greener, it made me think about a conversation um, that I was just having with Claire Couchy from Finding Philothea. Uh-huh. 
And then I was also having it with Avery. And we were talking about the trip for, to France for you and I, and how it, when I'm just a mom at home and like the years leading up to that France trip, it always felt like the grass was always greener for everyone my age, everyone who was 24, 23, 25. They were out doing fun things. They were out like living life freely. And I was in like the trenches of two, two and under and just like not getting out. The house that we lived in was like where I spent 99% of my time. And mm -hmm. I just, I'd get FOMO. I Grass is always greener, right? Like it just kind of taunted you, um, especially because of our age like it just feels like majority of 24 year olds are not in the trenches with two babies mm -hmm. um and so then when we went to France it was like oh yes finally like I am getting to do what everyone else my age is doing I am wearing beautiful dresses and cute earrings and I have time to put my hair up and do my makeup and just like shower every day untouched <laughs> and unbothered um I am eating at all these wonderful restaurants and I'm sure if any of you listeners are a mom to a little or littles and you saw our trip to France you probably were like yeah you were living the life 100 percent like had FOMO and I get it. But what was really beautiful is that when we came, when I came home, I was like, there's nothing. And even while I was over there in France, I was like, there's nothing that even compares to the, like the fulfillment and joy that comes from just a Monday regular morning at our house or just like a middle of the day Wednesday. Like it's probably chaos. I have probably already had to apologize to Carrie for losing my temper, but there's still nothing that like compares. It was like, yeah, okay. So it's fun for 48 hours to, you know, roam a street in a pretty dress in a beautiful country and eat great food. But once you have kids and a husband and you've created this family together and you have this marriage that you both like pour into, everything else is so insignificant. and to get to experience that firsthand and Avery got to experience it as well when we came to Kentucky to visit Cece we were there for like a week and so he was at home alone without any of us and he said as soon as he said goodbye to us and walked back into the house and the whole house was quiet and there wasn't even like a sound machine on <laughs> like <laughs> no one was waiting for him there was nothing happening the laundry wasn't even going he was like this is an empty life like there is nothing here for me. And it, and so often when you're in the trenches, all you want is that alone time. All you want is that fancy fun trip. All you want is, are those things. Mm -hmm. um, and so for us to get to experience it firsthand and really realize like, no, this is not even comparable was just so good for us. Um, because then it makes when you're in the trenches, like that much easier and that much more doable. Cause you're like, nope, still Trump's still trumps walking down a cobblestone lane <laughs> in France <laughs> but well nothing would trump being with your family walking down a cobblestone street in France maybe, maybe. <laughs> but even then it's like the the routine that you get into at home and like the whole atmosphere of like your home once you have a husband and kids and I like I'm saying this to someone who literally doesn't get to share at home with her <laughs> husband um so she's like yeah okay that sounds great you're like um, it's just like so lonely and terrible when it's so quiet in the house I'm like <laughs> you're like yeah tell me about it I okay. don't get it 
Um, I don't know. I just, I've never been a homebody. I've always, I mean, I travel wedding photography. I've never lived somewhere longer than four years, my whole entire life. Like I've never been a homebody. I've never wanted to plant roots and the routine that you get into and the like day to day and the atmosphere that you called fate in your home and everything, it just doesn't like, it doesn't come close to like the kids sleep here. They probably wouldn't sleep on a trip to France, even if we got to walk down a cobblestone lane together, hand in hand, all happily. Like, <laughs> you know, like <laughs> they sleep here. Priorities. The food that I want to cook for them is here. Like just all the things that we take care of every day and do every day, it's all here in our home. And it's really nice for someone who really struggled to let go of the fun, free travel life to realize like, oh, I actually really enjoy this. Mm-hmm. And it does like it. Well, praise bad. God. It'd yeah, be a problem. If, it'd be a real big problem. If you, <laughs> Shoot. You know. It's okay to struggle, but if you're like it resenting, is. resenting, Re- it. resenting is horrible though. And I, there were times when I did, there were totally times when I did. Um, and I think it goes hand in hand with you, what you were saying about your heck yes and spiritual direction, having done spiritual direction for over a year now, once a month for over a year, it's just so, I just encourage it to everyone. Like <laughs> it's been so powerful because all those vices and all those things and the resentment that would build up otherwise, it's just like, nope, that's, that's where you could work on docility, Meg, or, you know, <laughs> like that's where you could check your vanity or whatever. Um, and so then it just becomes a measure of like, how can I be better? How can I be holier instead of just resenting it and being like, my life sucks. I hate this. I didn't want to choose this for myself. Um, Mm -hmm. so, Mm -hmm. well, that's a great realization. Yeah. Very seriously for it. Yes. Okay. Was, was there another thing you wanted? I remember there was another. Oh, shoot. Oh yeah. 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 Okay. Another thing. (laughs) We're just going through realizations. And what's nice though, when I hear other people's realizations, it helps me reflect back on my life because it's almost like I'm getting a peek into like someone else's mind processing while connecting with their soul kind of thing. True. True. So it's helpful. (laughs) Okay, good. I'm glad that I'm being helpful here. Um, The other realization that I had, and I was discussing this with Avery yesterday, was my frustration with like, I'm, I'm not a naturally empathetic person. And I was telling Cece about this prior to the call. And she has told me before, like, I, I think that's BS. And I'm like, well, cause I've worked on it a lot and I try to be more empathetic now than I've ever been before in my life. Like but- Megan is so <laughs> in tune. She's so in tune with other people's feelings, <laughs> which I think is you like are. the definition of empathy, but, <laughs> um, I just, it's not my immediate reaction in motherhood. And I hate that. Like, it makes me so sad. And obviously it's something that I'm not like, oh, well, darn, never will be, never can be. Like, it's Mm -hmm. something I'm clearly working on and like so focused on. Um, But it's something I'm learning from Avery a lot because he and his mom and his siblings, they're all very emotionally close. Um, and they just learned empathy from each other. And that was something they grew up doing years and years. I mean, you know, you're with your family for what, 18 years, 17 years. And so that gets ingrained in you, um, if that's how you're raised. And that's just not the same kind of life home culture that I came from. And so 
I learn from Avery all the time when, you know, Carrie trips and falls and spills and breaks something. His reaction is instantly to her and her feelings and how she's feeling. She just fell. Is she okay? What's going on? My immediate reaction is, are you kidding me? Like that was right in front of you. How did you not see it? Now there's, this is broken and this is spilled everywhere. I've been cleaning up your messes all day. And a lot of times that points to an overwhelm in me that I haven't taken into account until it just explodes. But it's also very eye-opening to me that like, wow, I have a lot of work to do. And it sucks because I feel like empathy is such a motherly, like that should just be like, it just comes with a package of motherhood. Like it should, you know, like it's just like, oh yeah, all mothers are empathetic to their children. And I feel like that's just not my case. And I'm just like, dang, okay, we're going to continue to work on this. I kind of want to challenge you there because like Avery's reaction is a reaction of a male's biology of providing and protecting. True, true. But I your reaction, go ahead. But like your reaction is like the natural order is like gathering homemaking like that and I I see how like specifically that example it ruins all the work that you just did so like yes it (laughs) like it makes you have more work because you're the one cleaning it up Avery his responsibility is to provide and protect and he's protecting, but you have to clean it up. So like, yes, that I is think true. that plays into it specifically huh. with that example. Okay. That's interesting. I'm going to bring that into conversation with Avery after this podcast. Cause now I'm like, okay, that unless yes. Avery cleaned it up. No, but he did tell me as I was, you know, 32 yeah. weeks pregnant and on the floor cleaning it up, like babe, I'll get it. And yeah. I was like, well, I'm already here. So, but it would be, <laughs> it's your natural instinct to do right. it. Right. Yeah. Like there is milk on the floor. I'm going to clean this up. Um, and his but natural I, instinct, your natural instinct is to clean up. His natural instinct is to be like, how can I protect you? Like true. That is true. And it's not something that I thought about, but I just feel like, especially as a mom, when they're so young, like it should just be innate to be like a safe place for them emotionally, especially. And I, I think you're being don't... too, I think you're being too hard on yourself. Like, who are you comparing yourself to? Am I just myself? literally myself like this idea of like, yourself well no 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 my desire to be much more empathetic first and then be like okay we can clean this up together you know like she and I could clean that up together and she could take ownership for what happened after I've made sure she's okay because mm-hmm. Avery's not home when school starts Avery's not home it's all me and so if every time this happens the reaction she gets from a parent at three years old is frustration frustration that's horrible you know Mm -hmm. um so there's not like I I don't have enough young mom friends that I'm around enough to compare myself to like oh she handled that way better obviously I compare myself to Avery sometimes because we're both parenting together and we're making these decisions together but I also know that so much of our parenting choices and decisions come from the way that we were raised so I can't, like, I don't hold a whole ton of weight on it. It's like, okay, yeah, he could grow in this area. I could grow in this area. I also just, you and I both naturally are like, how can I be better? Yeah. So. Okay. So there was like, <laughs> I was listening to this comedian and she was like, 
I was raised where if I like did something wrong, mm-hmm. your parent is like, well, the cops are gonna come get, gonna come get you. Like it's just oh my like how many times have you heard or like a friend's parent or something where it was like, I don't know, you like aren't sitting in your seat in the car and like, well, the cops are gonna come get you. Like okay, it's true. Like, I have heard that used one. as like a, a threat. It's a threat and it's like it's so funny she had this like bit and she's like you know I was just like a chubby like you know lactose intolerant kid and I just I tooted in the living room and my mom's like the cops are gonna come get you (laughs) oh my gosh (laughs) just living in fear of like being locked up raw like (laughs) that's like me when I go through TSA I'm immediately like the cops are gonna get me I don't know what I did (laughs) I don't know how that weapon was on me, but I'm going to go to jail today <laughs> every time I go through TSA. <laughs> but it's just so funny because like parenting, the like perspective on parenting has just changed so much in 20 years. Oh, a hundred percent. And, and like, we all know my hot take on gentle parenting, which I like, why am I even talking about parenting? I literally just told you that I should never talk about parenting again because you just get lit on fire whether you say something good about gentle parenting, bad about gentle parenting, good about any of this stuff. Um, okay, well, we're not going to bring up gentle parenting. Just in general, it's okay. funny, like, the approach, because that, like, to me, that sounds so normal. It's just, like, like throwing out a random threat. Like, yeah. <laughs> you don't sit in your seat? Well, you're going to go to jail. Like, oh, you're going to go to jail? <laughs> I wouldn't be able to keep a straight that. face, though. Like, uh, we'll, we'll do that. Avery will do that with Carrie sometimes. And I also think, like, she's she's not totally aware of oh that was sarcasm or oh that was humor Mm -hmm. (laughs) and so sometimes she's like no daddy and it's like he was it was a joke but like it's okay and she just wants to go like fight him now to assert dominance and to prove that that is not what's going to happen and it's like it was a a joke that's okay we'll get there (laughs) try sarcasm at seven maybe Uh uh-huh uh-huh yeah exactly (laughs) but interesting stuff always up and down it is okay so we have some voicemails um I always get excited about these because I never know what I'm gonna get hit with (laughs) it's good it's good thank you guys for calling in by the way and by the way you guys can always text our number as well um we usually see those better than dms because I go through them every week but you can call or text us at 312-775-2615. And I do listen and read all of them and I appreciate them. Okay. So this one, I think I can actually help with. So (laughs) here we go. Hey guys, um, this is Anonymous. I just wanted to um, ask a quick question. So I just finished listening to the podcast where you guys interview your friend Luke. And um, the very end of it really captivated me because he was talking about just remembering where guys came from. So um, my husband isn't like a super romantic, but I'm not sure if that's of no fault of his own because he, his dad wasn't very present in his life growing up. So I'm curious how you guys would approach asking your husband for something that you need without, you know, being a nagging 
or annoying wife um, because I think that's a cup that I really need to be filled um, by him in particular, obviously, because he's my spouse. So just curious to know what you guys would recommend with that. Thanks. Love the pod. Bye. Okay, so relatable. I'm so curious to hear what your thoughts are because mm-hmm. we've gone through this. I'm sorry. I just started chewing ice. We've gone through I'm this gonna tell. over here. Yeah. So go ahead. Okay. So um, she also, Anonymous also called back and was like, I'm talking about like, she, she, it was kind of hard to hear, but she said that like, my husband isn't romantic and she called back. She's just like, I'm looking for like love letters, like things like that, you know? Um, and so number one, the first thing that came to my mind was like, you guys can take a love language test online or read the book together. And it's, it's not just like how you give love. It's also how you receive love. And what is going to be helpful is like, you need to have these conversations. You are going to be very unsuccessful if you just bring it up and say like, Hey, I need you to like be more romantic. Like that's not going to really go well (laughs) because it's kind of like, this is random. What, why? Like, we're married, you know? So there needs to be this like background basis for the conversation and something you can do for that is like diving into love languages. Another thing that, um, would be helpful is, um, re or watching, uh, Dr. Laura's online course, the care and feeding of husbands. Yep. And I mean, at the end of the day, she always says like, what a man wants is sex and respect and he will do anything for you. Mm-hmm. Um, so keep that in mind. And then, <laughs> um, but the last thing I was going to say, there's a woman that I've, Patrick and I have studied and her name's Allison Armstrong. And she has an audible book called The Amazing Development of Men. And um, I was, that's a great one to listen to, but I was listening to something else she had put out just today, actually, like Hmm. four hours ago. And she said, um, these two questions are what you and your husband need to write down separately and then come together and talk about. And the first question, I can't wait to do this with Patrick, but the first question is, I like to really think about yourself is I am expressing my love for you when I blank fill in the blank. So you guys would both answer those. I express my love for you when I blank. Then the secondary question that you guys would ask yourselves is, I experienced being loved by you when you blank. I experienced being loved by you when you blank. And then you guys can both talk about it. Um, And that is going to bring up a great opportunity for you to say, this is how I, when you wrote that letter, I felt really loved and I would love to have those again. And like, you know, whatever it was, or when you, I don't know, did the dishes and I felt really loved because you noticed that I was overwhelmed. Like, you know, whatever that is, and it's going to signal, like, I 
I would really love if we did that more often. Like it's going to open up that conversation, but the conversation, if it's just focused on what he can do for you, it's going to come off as attacking because you are one, like you are one in the union of marriage. Like it needs to be, what can you guys improve on together? Um, so if you can come at it from like, here's where not just like how you can make me feel more loved, but also like, how can I make you feel more love? It's a very like even playing field. Yeah. And it's very, it can be way more fruitful that way. Um, <laughs> Avery and I were in the same boat for like the first couple years of our marriage. Um, and it was frustrating because it was like, okay, well, I know his love language is physical touch and he knows mine is words of affirmation, but like, how do we do anything with this. And I think the thing that changed for us was I continued to love him in the ways that he needed to be loved and in the ways that I was good at loving. So notes and words and affirmation and calling out like, Hey, that was really awesome when you did that, or you handled that parenting decision, like a champ. Like I just learned a lot from you when you did that. Um, and doing that over and over again, it's it's like what Dr. Laura says, like you can't just sit here and demand things from them. Like, what are you actually doing as well? What are you bringing to the table as well? Because yeah. I think we forget our ability to inspire each other in our marriages and encourage each other what, with just like our own actions. <clears throat> and we just so jumply, we just so quickly jump to how they could fix it and how it's mm-hmm. their problem and their fault. Um, and so once we started doing that, then it was like a follow suit kind of thing where it was like, oh, well, I like that felt really good. And now I want to show her somehow that I appreciate her. Um, also just making the time. Cause I don't know if this is the case for her husband, but for Avery, it's like, if he doesn't have the time to a lot mentally to thinking of ways to let me know that he loves me, mm-hmm. it's not going to happen. And so if we don't allot time for, you know, date nights or like talking every evening and like saying like, hey, I would love to chat with you for 30 minutes tonight. Do you have time? Like scheduling things, putting things in the calendar. Maybe that doesn't feel romantic in and of itself, but that's where we've been able to have romance come from, Um, especially once schedules are joined and children are added and all of that stuff. Mm -hmm. So that's good. That's really good. But all of those things that you said, we did first. (laughs) and we Mm -hmm. loved every single one of them so Mm -hmm. yeah love language no lies yeah yeah so you'll have to let us know how that conversation goes you'll have to keep us updated anonymous and give us a call back and just I'm curious to know like the receptivity and some men are going to be more open to change than others but up for a challenge than others maybe yeah but I mean like we've said is like you set the bar and men will rise you know yes but you have to communicate the bar first you can't have un you can't have expect expectations that were never communicated because that's just unfair right that's not how that works I also think one last thing that just came to mind was that pursuit shouldn't just end um because you're married now you put a ring on it and I think that maybe is possibly what she's feeling to some extent like yeah hello where'd you go what's going on (laughs) um and there's some biological things to be said for that but there's also when it's a catholic marriage specifically 
remembering that we are each other's vocation and he is to die for me and sacrifice for me like Christ is the church and I am supposed to support him and be under his mission. Once you get those two things right, it's like we we have just started to really like get consistently good at that and we're four years into marriage. But it was the constant like coming back to it in conversation and being like, hey, I, I still need XYZ from you because I don't feel like the priority right now. And if he's humble enough, I hope he's able to take that and say, that's unacceptable in this house. Like, how is she going to get under under my mission and support me if she doesn't even feel like she's a priority in my life? Yeah. Um, so I hope that it works out well. Uh, but also know, I don't want you to get let down if it doesn't flip a switch instantly because it's it's yeah. going to be like a growing thing that you both have to go through mm-hmm. look at us <laughs> totally relatable honestly so relatable <laughs> so relatable yeah. um okay do a few more voicemails but hello like we mentioned last podcast they're doing right now um, St. Monica and St. Augustine seven day challenge. But in the past they've done St. Ignatius of Loyola. They've done Mary Magdalene. Um, there's just so many different ones and they're just short bite-sized and honestly, everything on hallow is Is very bite-sized. Yes. Um, so I'm grateful for that. Just attention spans are shorter these days. Uh, we, we actually had a girl call in and she was like, I work at a school and they canceled our hallow membership. And then I remembered I could get three months free. So heck yes to that. (laughs) What a bummer though. Talk about a heck no. That was her heck no, but this was her heck yes. (laughs) (laughs) So like we've said before, hallow is an amazing Christian prayer app. It's not just like a crusty old app. Like it's just Mm -hmm. high tech, extremely well done great visuals. Like it's sleek, it's clean, it's easy to use. You'll be surprised. I'm always surprised what new things I find on the app. Truly. I just started doing the women's daily devotional. I was like, has this been, I don't know how long this has been here, but I just found you and I like you. So with Lisa. (laughs) Yes. Yeah. She's from walking with a purpose. Yes. Lisa's awesome. If you guys, you guys go to the women's devotional, they're like, I mean, you can talk about it, but they're like five to 10 minutes long every day. And it's just, it's just like a little check-in and like a little, normally like a verse and like something to contemplate about it and what God maybe wants you to like learn from that verse. And then you sit with God on your own and kind of sit with it. I do it while I'm doing my makeup every morning. It's great. I'm like, immediately it puts my mind with the Lord. So it's Mm -hmm. good. Yeah. You guys check out Hallow. You need it on your phone. It's H-A-L-L-O-W.com backslash what in the dang hack for three months free. Check it out. We're so grateful for them. And it's insane to see how many people are praying with the app daily. So it's so cool. Yep. Um, okay. So this next voicemail, it, it like made me smile so much. So, okay, here we go. This could mean a lot of things. <laughs> Hey, Megan, Cece. So I have a heck yes moment, and I am from Alabama, like Megan, and I got dressed up this morning very much channeling a Cece outfit, a long dress and heels, my hair done, going to a baby shower. And I went into a gas station to stop and pick up some ice on the way, and the man asked me where I was from, and I told him, you know, like I was local, and he said that he was from Jerusalem, and that the way I was dressed, he just didn't think that I was American, 
because he doesn't see American women come in his store dressed that classy. And it was just really a heck yes moment to me and made me feel like maybe I was doing something right with my outfit today. He said that um, I just took him back to Jerusalem, where he's from, in his hometown, and it just warmed my heart, I guess. So thanks. Bye. Oh, are you kidding me? (laughs) I love her accent, by the way. (laughs) Do you want me to get one like that? Yeah, I would listen be to you way on. more. I would be like, <laughs> oh my you, gosh, you send me that five minute voice message. <laughs> wow. Okay. Yeah. Let me get my uh, accent on next time. I have a lot to tell you over audio. Um, That's so cute. I know. And it, it's I, get so that. True. I get that. I get it often. It's so true. Mm-hmm. I mean, we went to France and we were like, wow, we see no one wearing leggings unless they're actually running. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You walk anywhere in the U.S. It's like everyone's wearing leggings. Okay. Yep. Yeah. I can't imagine Jerusalem is full of women wearing leggings. <laughs> no, so, me neither. Um, yeah. Yeah. Me neither. <laughs> yeah. It is. It is a great compliment when people say you don't look like you're from around here. <laughs> it is. No, it totally is. I back. Well, you know, when I had major pride issues in high school, I would get told all the time, like, you don't look like you're from here. And I was always like, yeah, it's because I moved here from California. Like, <laughs> of course, I don't look like I'm from here. I'm wearing TJ Maxx. Okay. Have you ever heard of it? <laughs> no, it was white Converse. I was wearing white Converse. And that was like the thing that people were like, what are you wearing? Like, really? Everyone had Chacos. Everyone had, uh, was it? oh, everyone would wear like um, Asics tennis shoes and stuff. Like all the girls, like that was what they wore. It was very, it was, I mean, it pairs with the Nike shorts and the oversized oh. t-shirt very well. Um, but it was just way more casual. And I was just like in the white short Converse. And then I had like multiple bracelets on my You had the and- short ones. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, people didn't do the short ones where I came from. It was high, the tops. high tops. Well, I had, oh, both. Yeah. I had a, quite a couple actually I had a collection, but my go-tos were the short white ones with my little school uniform. And it was just like, who is, and I didn't use a backpack. I had a side bag and a binder. <laughs> You're so cool. I had a side bag and a binder. And so it was like, who is this? <laughs> yeah. We all had, we all had side bags like mm-hmm. freshman, sophomore year, but then Veer Bradley backpacks were like the thing junior, senior year. You're joking. I hate Bradley. <laughs> oh yeah. We all had different, oh like different pattern Veer Bradley yeah. backpacks. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Cause I was we like- weren't allowed to carry around backpacks until like our junior, senior year. Okay. Um, because it, it was something like a fire hazard or something. I can't remember, but you just okay. have to carry like your books in a binder and go back to your locker locker. Oh, see, um, we didn't even have a locker in California, but it was what? like, yeah, oh no, it was an outdoor campus. So where do you put your stuff though? You don't, you carry it with you. What? So you, you have a side bag or a backpack. I mean, you, it, not everyone in California had side bags, but it was like the girls that, you know, like to accessorize and look cute and stuff had a side bag. And then they were like carrying these giant you know, I, so I had a bunch of different like notebooks for different classes in my side bag. And then I had a binder and sometimes I would bring the books that I need for those classes to those classes. A lot of times I just left them at home because, you know, you can't carry 10 books around, but then I took that with me when I moved to Alabama senior year and continued to care. We had lockers, you know, now that we're in Alabama, but I was like, stubborn and very prideful and arrogant and was like like, I'm going to continue to do what I did best in California where I'm you know from uh and (laughs) would carry around a binder and a side bag and no one else so 
I'm like still thinking about all the planning that would have to go into going to school with an outdoor campus because <laughs> you have to like bring those books for that day. Like that's mine. Not always. No, no, no. Most of the times you don't need the actual books. You just need to have pen and paper for those classes what? and maybe your homework and stuff. But a lot of your homework was in those books. It we wasn't like the actual lesson. Like we would get like points taken off if you didn't bring the book. Oh, well, that sounds like a your school issue. <laughs> and like the amount of stuff I had in my locker, yeah. my cheer like clothes to like, you know, get dressed yeah. in after school, um, perfume, hairbrush, mirror, yeah. like, you know, every single type of gum you can think of. Like snacks. we had a sports, a sports locker when it, when you were in season, you had a sports locker. So I didn't have to carry my sports stuff around all day. But so interesting. I love I it. could never remember my locker combo. Shocker, right? Yeah, super shocker. <laughs> <laughs> you had the same locker freshman, sophomore, and then the same locker junior, senior. And like I literally could never remember, even if I used it 45 minutes before. Nope, forgot the code. Can't I mean I, I still forget my credit card pin sometimes. I changed the pin number two days or two years ago, and I'm like, I don't even know. I don't I like, even, I stop and take a minute and then I'm like, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think this is it. I and sometimes I still don't know. I can't use my debit card because I put the pin in too many times wrong every time. And it's just gotten so embarrassing that like, you just give you, up. Yeah. It's like, like, okay, just swipe the credit card. Um, and the thing is like, I have the pin like in a locked note on my phone, Oh my but gosh. it's like, I, I don't know why I just like can never find that note or something. And well, you just never plan ahead to have it already up when you need it. And so then you're like, yeah. oh my gosh, I'm going to look like a wackadoodle that doesn't know their pin. Uh-huh. And, so and now same used- thing with my social. I'm like, don't oh, know yeah. that by heart. Sorry, no. know my husband's because, you know, you need it that often. True. I know, Pat- <laughs> I know Patrick's, but not mine. Uh-huh. <laughs> I've mine my whole life. Don't know it. Had Avery's for four years, and I can tell you. It's because <laughs> when you go to use your insurance for anything, they don't care about yours. <laughs> no. You're not the one that holds the insurance. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Okay, well, on that note, now that we've given out all of our personal information that we don't know ourselves. Um... <laughs> hey, you could just steal my phone and find everything in there. Like, jeez. <laughs> there was time... <laughs> There was a time that I needed Cece's social to get her on base, like access for New Mexico. Um, And she thought that it would be safer or smarter to send. She was like, well, this is how I'll do it. I'll just text it to you, but individual numbers. And so she would text like one, two, three, four. Did I do that? Yes. And I was like, how is this? (laughs) If someone were watching this chat right now, you're still laying out the numbers in order for them, just an in individual messages and telling them why I did it and how. Explaining yourself like, oh yeah, they'll never catch on. It's oh so God. classic. Words. I mean, I don't know how else you like get I, it. You just send it and then delete after. And then, I mean, at this point, everyone knows. I mean, just, I don't know. I don't know. Well, now that we've completely freaked all of you out, um, yeah, right. <laughs> happy Monday, guys. Have a good day at work.
Have a good day at school. Thank you guys <laughs> for listening. Make sure to give us a rate and review. We so appreciate them, but catch mm-hmm. us next Monday and please call into the hotline at 312-775-2615 and we'll see you next week. Love you guys. Bye. Bye. Thanks a ton for listening to the What in the Dang Heck podcast. We'd love to hear your What in the Dang Heck moments. So call our hotline at 312-775-2615. And don't forget to subscribe, leave a rate and review, share with your best friend, and might as well follow us on Instagram while you're at it.